Starting this session up, it is already 1 a.m. for me. Uh, we yep. had a epic session. So welcome to Frostlight Chat, our weekly live stream post-session discussion where we talk about what just happened during D&D. This is the chat for session 55, so if you haven't watched that session yet, please go do that now because there will be spoilers. I'm your Dungeon Master, Eric, and joining me we have all Robins player, Chris. Hello. player, Raymond, has stepped out briefly. Uh, so this is, um, this whole section was based on a, uh, third-party adventure called Worm Doom Hunt, which I have linked before in the Frostside chat. I should have linked it during the main session, but I will, uh, link to it again. Uh, or sorry, I, I've talked about it before in, um, crafting. Now I will link to it in Frostside chat. Give me a second. But uh, this designer, Dan Kahn, I reviewed a lot of his works for, and he expands a lot of the written adventures in ways that I really like, uh, which is to add a lot of, you know, dungeon crawls and fun, cool, epic moments and monster hunts and things. And mm -hmm. this one um, I liked because it turned the Goliath thing into a more action-adventure traditional kind of RPG quest, which I feel like was otherwise would have just been a bunch of social uh, situations, which, uh, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing for, um, you know, a D&D quest to have, but at least for my purposes, you guys were level nine and I'm looking for, you know, give you a little bit of a challenge and adventure. So we're well, doing what? Yeah. Go ahead. What, what, what was it? Like, what was the book written adventure? How, there is no adventure. It it's just, it's just. Hey, these two clans are feuding. Can you like help mend their feud? So we got as far as that the book would take us at the end of the last session. Yes, where we like convinced them to have a game together. Yep, and that would have been the end of it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and I thought that this uh, did a really good job of expanding that. It had. I think you're right. I think I think it needed a little bit of action at the end there. Yeah, <laughs> something. I mean, maybe if this was a lower level quest, I could see where it would have been maybe fine to do a social version. But at this level, you, I just feel like you guys needed something. Mm -hmm. um, there were two problems with the adventure as written. Uh, one of them is that, and it's not, it's, neither one is a fault of the designer. Uh, it's a really great adventure um, it, in terms of what I needed it to do. Uh, the first problem was it was designed uh, for levels 5 to 6, which is what all these Chapter 2 quests are designed for. So not only am I scaling them up, because you guys are high level, but I'm scaling them up. I'm scaling everything up because I want you guys to reach a higher level than the campaign supports. Yeah. So that's on me. So that's part of the thing I had to do. The other thing is the original adventure had you, you were hunting a dragon, but the dragon is like uh, bullied and controlled by a frost giant. So you end up um, mm. basically. It, it's kind of interesting as you can like align yourself with the dragon or the frost giant, but more than likely oh, okay. you're probably going to fight the frost giant. My problem was, well, the players just came off of a quest That's where they true. fought a frost giant, and they've already actually fought, a, or kind of, dealt with a white dragon. So yeah. I was like, oh, that doesn't really work either. So Kind of rehashing a lot of what we'd already experienced. Right, yeah. So unfortunately, I kind of ended up changing everything, really, about the adventure, but still keeping the idea of a monster crawl that the Goliath sends you on. Uh, and I used the maps, so the, the two maps that you guys uh, used in this session are both from that adventure as well. So that certainly helped. Yeah. Um, and if you can tell, this map is kind of a little bit junky, but it was originally a clear pool of water that I put like a tile of bubbling liquid on top of. To, oh, 
I didn't even know. Oh, really? Okay, okay good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it probably helps that it's darker in here, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. You can see where like the Our edges dark. are kind of janky, but oh, I mean, now that you pointed it out, I can see that. Yeah. Yes, that's good. I'm glad you said that though. So that yeah, that's just, that was partly what I had I, to do. I, I, think, I think because we were all using dark vision, everything was kind of yeah. obscured anyway. Yeah. It was yeah. Yes, Jason Dancon is awesome, and I am using a supplement for the last chapter. It's a, it, that was my number one product of last year, I believe, when I ranked my uh, DMs Guild reviews. So I'll 100% be using that. Um, I kind of wanted to use more, uh, but again, because of all the changes I'm doing, it might not end up working out that way. And 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 frankly, Rhyme has a lot of great content. Uh, but do check out his Wild Beyond the Witchlight stuff if any of you are, are running that campaign. I reviewed all of those, and he does an excellent job of expanding it and adding some more uh, really good content to each one of those realms. Um... So what I did is I I made my own monster hunt and upscaled it, and then I thought I'm gonna keep the idea of a dragon hunt, but the dragon was killed by an even bigger monster. So that's the big twist: is you guys don't know what you're actually up against. You think the whole time that, you're... That, that was fun because it was like we literally were like we're like talking about dragons so much. It yeah. was like okay, we we know we're fighting a dragon. We know the dragons are we're attacking them, so mm-hmm. that's what we're you know looking for and ready for. So it was fun to be like, oh, wait, no, this is the dragon, but he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys trying to go over there and, like, inspect it and investigate. And I was like, oh, you guys give me every opportunity to surprise you with this, these monsters. <laughs> we were absolutely convinced the, the dragon was undead. <laughs> I mean, it's a fair right. assumption. You see a pile of bones yeah. that, that looks like a, and you're like, oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but now it was all uh, misdirection. Um. So I guess we should talk about the. So I I literally had to do all of this was all custom. I, again, I wanted to I wanted to say what adventure I based it on because this was not all me. Mm. But so it's hard to say because like the the idea of it is not me, but everything I put in here is me. So I I did yeah. the the maddening winds. Uh, mm. I did the the periton battle, the cold light walkers appearing, uh, and then the obviously the remoraz. All of that stuff was everything that. I added on there, which is probably the yeah. most custom stuff I've done since the Shardle and Dig site. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, and probably the first time I've done custom stuff at this higher level and using more monsters mm-hmm. and going like, man, balance is so hard because I know you guys are so powerful and I have to bring the heat, but I also know like just one good crit or a you know a good some a good some hot attack rolls or those peritons were just nailing every hit. And it's one of those so weird funny. things where it's like these are such easy creatures. Like I have to put like six of them on the board to even make the players break a sweat because you know they've only got like uh, like only forty hit points. But like seriously, when you see everybody doing like twenty or thirty around, like yeah. they're just not going to last. And all of a sudden they're just doing all this fucking damage to you guys, hitting every single attack. I'm like, those holy shit! Gore attacks were doing like a lot. I was rolling a ton yeah. of damage. Yeah, they were. They were. I think they never missed an attack. And then, yeah, they got all that extra damage. So, hilariously, those Peritons were way more effective than I thought they were. And then the Cold Light Walkers were, and, and I think Genocider mentioned this, the fact that the, the Peritons did so well and the Cold Light Walkers did so poorly. Now, granted, you guys were able to... Did they? Um, did they, they did. They, they hit Frey, but hitting Frey okay. is hilarious because Barbarians are such a... Barbarian is an interestingly oh. frustrating dilemma for the DM because they are... They, they tank just so well and... You're you're dealing damage to the barbarian, but they just don't give a shit because they have so many yeah. hit points and they have resistance to almost everything. Yeah. So it, it's a weird thing to go up against like these big powerful barbarians, uh, barbarian PC where it's like, man, I'm like I can lay into this person, but it almost just feels pointless <laughs> in a lot of ways. But I, if yeah. I'm if I have a creature that doesn't know any better, then it feels 
too metagamey to to go around and yeah. and dodge that creature. Yep. Um. So the funny thing is, well, I, I guess what I, what I meant is that no one got hit by they got punched by the Coli Walkers. We've never actually seen what the laser the face lasers do to a player. Yeah. yeah. I, that's why I I don't think I ever saw like that's damage. True. You guys you guys that. ran up on them pretty quick. So. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So the tricky thing was when to execute the, that secondary fight. And again, this was me trying to make up for the balance level. I was like, I know they're so strong. What if the, and that was something we talked about in crafting. Okay. What if we create some undead in the middle of this fight and have that be an extra complication? Yeah. The tricky thing was what I didn't want to do was have the fight be over. And then the corpses and we're right back into initiative. Cause that would seem like a slog versus if we're in the right, middle yeah. of the fight and I, I spawn new enemies and it becomes like this exciting extra element, but the timing mm-hmm. ended up being like, Oh, they're actually the gust of wind is still ongoing. The uh the the Colette walkers stand up and the nearest targets are the Peritons still because they were kept getting affected by the gust of wind. So I was like, well, fuck it, let's just have them attack and kill the Peritons. Finish it off. Yeah, I, I think that works well in terms of like transitioning the fight. It was yeah. like, okay, Peritons aren't a threat anymore. Now it's this new thing that's a threat, and we got to yeah. focus refocus our attention. Unfortunately, that cost me that first round for them, and then you guys were able to run up on them and almost murderize one of them and i think it didn't matter because it missed with both attacks and then the other one did manage to attack Frey twice but you know she's raging and hardly cared mm-hmm. so they didn't amount to much but i thought it was just cool like thematically to be able to do that and and it's kind of just a, again it's it's me trying to up the balance level of the content you guys are facing and i fully expected yeah. you guys to short rest uh in between oh, fights which is which is great like that's the point to me i've done my job if people are short resting and they're and they're sweating bullets and they're like, oh, we got to roll, let's hit dice back and getting their stuff back. That's great. That makes me feel good that I that you guys have felt Which challenged. Have well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully you guys are spending you know your spell slots and spending your your finite use abilities on these fights because that's the whole. point. I spent a lot of spells. That, well, I mean, we were in a lot of yeah. fights, but I, I spent a lot of spells. But session. literally, this is like a two combat adventuring day, so it was on me to be like, shit, I need to like ratchet up the difficulty. Because literally, there's only basically these two fights. Now, you did have that maddening wind thing, which did drain you guys pretty effectively for the start of the next yeah, fight, yeah. which which certainly colored how everybody was acting. But uh, yeah, I, I expected the short rest. I liked that. You know, you got it. it that, that, so that that fight felt pretty good, even though the Colette Walkers got their asses kicked. At least it didn't last too horribly long. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was pretty funny how you guys were so brazen about stepping in this room and, and going towards the bones and everything. I was like, man, you guys give me every opportunity to just ambush you well, guys. We took the foxes in, though, right? We did send the foxes in, sure, we, yeah. We, 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 took, we took measures to try yeah, to, yeah, like... That's true. You took, yeah, there wasn't an immediate, like, literal, like, enemy right there. Yeah. So part of what I was going to try to do is that these creatures kind of chill. They sit in the pool. But the interesting thing is, and somebody mentioned this in the chat, like, they have tremor sense. And I was like, how does that affect blind? Like, well, I'm not going to worry about it. But they can feel, like, the vibrations and shit. So I was like, all right, at what point, like, how does that work for how they can sense uh, targets and everything? So I wanted you guys to come into the room and explore around a little bit and have that be a big fun moment is when the creatures pop out. Yeah. I will say I did have them secretly roll stealth because especially once you guys are right next to the pool and, like, inspecting stuff, I was like, all right, they're definitely aware. Um. But I rolled like a, they have no actual, they're not really great at stealth. And I rolled a, I think it was a 10 or something. And I think everybody's passive beats that. So it's like, all right, there's no surprise around. They're just going to pop out. Yeah. And as we were discussing last week, it's like, it's the the question becomes like, are we even, are we like heightenly aware that we're in a dangerous space? It's passive like perception. Like that's the best yeah, thing yeah, to do is passive yeah, that's perception. How it's, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's a fair way of doing it, I think. 
Yeah, and these creatures are, are apparently not, um, which it, it's weird because descriptive wise, they can like hide under the snow and do all this like ambush predator stuff, and then they don't actually have any good stealth uh, skills. Right, so, okay, yeah, you know. that is interesting. I thought it was but fun. I think I think even without you know them surprising us at all, I think the fight was very well too. It, it would have like been tricky because a surprise a surprise run is, is swings things very heavily, and these guys th- yeah. this is a very tricky creature because. Which, by the way, the Remoraz was the big one. The, the, the other ones were young Remorazes, which I believe ah. was a unique creature added to Rhyme, which is okay. literally has the same stats, but just everything is reduced. Um, and it's a very swinging creature. They only have the one attack, but it's a huge fucking hit. So it just I, becomes I a that, huge swingy thing. <laughs> How do you balance that? Like it's, yeah. it's like, I mean, if I hit, it's devastating. But if I never hit, then it's boring. <laughs> so... Yeah. It was. I thought it ended up working out pretty well. Um, well, the way the way that that's balanced, the players have to sort of like adjust their strategies. Yeah. Like, okay, don't be near them during their when it comes up to their turn. You know, like me trying to like use the silvery barbs to like, okay, yeah, a, a disadvantage good. on one attack is going to be huge here because yeah. the one attack is it. That's true. Uh, you know, a crit, thing, and I think John Snyder mentioned this. Like, I should have written the crit because it rolls all the dice for its attack. The crit would have been ridiculous with all the dice being rolled. I, I mean, it did like fifty three against me because it was like forty and thirteen. Yeah. That if that had been the crit, it would have been ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. It would have been crazy. So silver bars, very yeah. solid. Which is fine, you know. As much as it complains about it, like that's the perfect use of it. It's not like you guys are using it yeah. every time or anything. You're not. I don't think you're like, abusing it. But yeah, like negating crits is a pretty powerful use of it and yeah i think it's not like it even worked well against that guy that's true it it, it avoided the the one crit but other than that the other two three times i used it it did not stop the attack at all i think the reason people complain about silvery barbs is because it scales better than like any other spell in existence yeah and it's, it's a first level spell slot which at this level you you can pretty much burn those like candy yeah, and it just scales perfect. Like disadvantage is a huge, like always, always yeah. exponentially scaling feature. It's a reaction, so it's this this thing. Yeah. That you can, it, it's not just on you; you can do it on other people. So it's, right, it's very and it gives advantage to somebody spell. else, which is just insult to yeah. injury for that kind of spell. Like that's so powerful. Yeah, but yeah, it was a good use of it. Um, but I thought it was fun to unleash the small ones first and act like they were the actual monsters, just a pair of and them. They were, and they were tough enough that for a moment, yeah. I, I think we thought, that, okay, this like, is this it. Is this it. is it, yeah. Fight. He's like, all right, he yeah. threw two Remorazes at us. Because yeah. I don't think you guys normally know how big or powerful those things are, so. You know, these were creatures that were in Storm King's Thunder, but I mm. don't think you ever fought them, because you just never did the thing that was going to lead to you fighting them. Mm. So I didn't remember, as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, I remember these guys, these guys. but I didn't remember what they did, so I did not remember if there was a bigger version of them at all. <laughs> so that still surprised me completely. Well, again, what's funny is the big one is the normal one. It was the small one that's actually, which I, I was hoping you guys, yeah, because we don't have that metagame knowledge, you guys be like, oh, this shit, these are two of these Remorazes. Like, no, those are actually two young Remorazes. Yeah. Which they have literally just the reduced everything. Like, their AC is lower, their hit points are lower, the attack is lower, and the heated body is lower. Yep. Uh, but I thought it was fun to unleash them first and then have Mama come in around Lair. And I did add Lair actions because I thought, all right, it's a boss fight. I'm not going to give her legendary actions or legendary resistance, but I am going to do Lair actions because this is a unique kind of area where it's like a spawning pool. Yeah. You know, it's home here. It's just, it feels appropriate for her to have Lair actions, which Absolutely. I should have this linked up too. I used uh, Home Field Advantage, which was on a previous giveaway we had on the Discord channel. Which, by the way, I did start up the giveaway for hitting 20 on the crit, so do go to our Discord and uh, click on the button that in the giveaway uh, channel for that. Um, Homefield Advantage released uh, 
I reviewed it this year, probably released last year, but I, I, they added a layer action for every single monster in the monster manual. It just, if you wanted to have uh, any creature have layer actions, yeah. Okay. I ended up using, I think, two of them, which was the steam, which was the, the geyser and the steam around the Remoraz. And then the third one I added, which was the stalactites crashing down on the cave. Okay, so nice. It ended up not amounting to much. You guys actually made uh, saves were really good. Despite the, I, I used like DC I 15 and 17s, but you guys just rolled really well on the saves. We did, but I think people were, a couple people used things to, to do it. I used inspiration once or twice. Yeah, I love that players always get afraid about like missing yeah. saves like you don't know. Um, but I, that was it, I, that was a first for me, I think, was running a creature with layer actions, and it ended up being a lot easier than legendary actions, because legendary, you have to say, like, oh, shit, that happens at the end of a player's turn. i got to figure out, like, when to use and what to use. It just adds yeah. more mental capacity for the DM versus right. layer action. Very neatly, I can just put it in the tracker as layer at 20, and then every time an initiative 20, something happens, and I can remember yeah. pretty easily which you, the only rule is you can't use the same one twice. So I was like, I'm just going to rotate them all in order. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, I, I think it was it was interesting. I think I think that worked really well. And then had the environment of the actual heated pool, which was just I, I use the same damage as the creature itself, which is if you touch it, it's three uh, d six fire damage. Yeah, which is funny because I, I think technically, if one of our tankier guys had been dragged into it, I don't think it would have been an instant death situation. But we were fucking terrified of somebody being dragged underwater by that creature. Yeah. I mean, it's just the visual of it would be like, oh, no, they're gone forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what I was planning dragged. on doing. I, I obviously want to give you guys a chance to respond. And it's it's actually yeah. not that fast. So I was trying not to, like, have it literally go up and down all the time. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely trying to use its movement and its, and its uh, layer to its advantage as much as it could. And I did think that was a fun visual for it to go and grab and then dunk underwater and then start to, to, to go under which nobody did actually get taken underwater right i guess i mean water the closest was uh, celeste jumped out before that's right it did and then it, when you and frey were on top that's when it dunked underwater to try it, to shake it, you yeah guys off. so we were yeah we were in the water but that was a yeah. weird like um like how do i handle this situation but i thought that was the fairest I could come I, up I, with. I, I, I fair. like, like, we could hang on to it if we wanted to but it would have we would have been underwater in this hot water yeah if we did that versus yeah. letting go or just getting shaken off by the, yeah. you know, by going underwater. Yeah. It's cinematic. It ended up being really cool. Flash. though. It's just disappearing. Yeah, under my eyes. Oh, go ahead. That's saw my life last before my eyes. Yeah. You were the right? first one to get chomped. That damage is, and again, it's such a swingy creature. It's I, I'm glad uh, to, that I got off some attacks. Cause I don't, the little ones I don't think did much. I think their, their, their auto fire damage probably did more damage. Um, but Mama, yeah. man, she hits once, and it's just devastating. It was an interesting fight, because at the end of it, I was not about three-quarters of the way through, I was looking at, looking at our health bars, and we hadn't taken a ton no. of damage, but it had felt so scary. Yeah. Just because of the, like, the cinematic visual of this, like, snake bug yeah. biting someone and dragging them into the boiling water. I don't, Thimbleweed, I think, never took any damage uh, in this fight. Edmund obviously took the one big hit. Celeste hadn't taken any damage until the end when she took the big hit. While Robin, yeah. you didn't take any damage until you took the big hit at the end. Yeah. So it kind of, things suddenly swooped in my direction a little bit later. Yeah. Um, Frey was constantly taking little bits of damage, but she was just, she's a huge barbarian that can resist all that. Yeah. I, I think, in general, fights really benefit from 
adding, I don't, I don't know what you, what you call it, like an extra danger in there, like the, you know, like, oh, okay, now there's this extra complication of this player's been bitten and they're going to be dragged underwater, yeah. or, you know, the water level's rising in this Something room. Something that changes or, the dynamic of a fight the, yeah. during the fight, so you're not just both tr sitting there and wailing at each other, I agree. Because at that point, we all had two goals, it, like, divergent goals, like, okay, kill all the monsters, but also save our save, teammate yes. who's about to be fucking... Which, those, those are my <laughs> favorite moments when you, like, literally heroically teleported on top of the creature. Like, I loved that. And Frey, like, jumping on it top. Was, like, that's... It didn't actually have much... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funny... That's the funny part about D&D is it, it's actually very hard to coordinate all these things. Yeah. Like, people can do all these fun heroic things, but humorously, which I hope they capture in the D&D movie, uh, like, good plans always far apart because it's just That's right. very difficult for all the players to be on the same page and yeah, realize yeah. who gets to go win and do what. I think I did miss, somebody mentioned that I should have actually probably got an attack of opportunity on Celeste when she left because I believe her mobile feat oh, only works if she, she attacks. Leaving. Yeah. But whatever, I figured yeah. her escaping the jaws was kind of you getting out of the way anyway. So it, it would have felt, it would have felt very... Uh, cruel and mean frankly to have her spend an action to remove herself from the creature me keep telling her that you need to get out of there she yeah. run out of there me get a reaction shot bite her and get the hit and then, put her, and then she's back in the jaws like that's just a and dick move and she's probably dead and she's also probably because dead. you did yeah. another 40 damage to her yeah. yeah that's just a hugely dick move so yeah if you spend your action escaping and then that's that's fine <laughs> so I yeah was, I was, you, uh, you, you could probably like Thematically, with her class build, you could count that as her attacking, and you know the yeah. the, the prying open of the jaws is like getting all right, get away, yeah, getting able to get away. And yeah. I know that she didn't want to leave, which I respected, but I was like, there's just at this point no room for you to be. I can't have three of you on top of this creature when it's half submerged in this boiling water. Yeah. Was there a lot of DM being nice situations? I feel like I was playing it pretty fair. Like I, I'm, I, I'm, I don't know, I. I get a lot of different, a lot of people do complain that I'm too nice of a DM, I feel like, and a lot of the YouTube comments and things. I, I, I worry, game we frankly, I worry about some of you and your games. Maybe you just have different kind of games where you're playing more of a roguelike, but I I don't know. I, I probably am lenient on some stuff. I, I will say I like to ascribe to the rule of cool in a lot of ways. So if a player wants to do something that's a little bit fudgy, and Lord knows Edmund is very familiar, or Raymond is very familiar with this. I'm probably going to let it happen if it's fucking cool. You know, even if it's not technically rules as written stuff. Now, other things I'll shut down, and he also knows I'll shut down plenty of stuff as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to err, hopefully, on the side of the players, you know, eight out of ten times when it comes to doing cool shit. Yeah. As the doer of the cool stuff, um, <laughs> I mean, kind of like what Chris was saying, it's just like, that's the style we play. Like, yeah. You know, you're here to DM something entertaining. Otherwise, it's like, you know, a, a game where the code is hard set and there's no... Yes, that's code. exactly right. We're, we're, I feel like all of us are here to to create these visual moments in our minds of like, all right, here's, here's this cool thing that happened. Yeah. And if you need to get there by maybe bending the rules a little <laughs> bit or, you know, letting a, a tiger that's only got 10 feet of fly... Let him get up to the, the 24 height, you know, yeah. bird, you know, you, you run with it. Because yeah. the, cool. <laughs> the, the intention is a, is a visual, is a, like a, an idea that's, that's cool. Yeah. So it's. And there, there is yeah. some stuff where I'm like, no, you can't quite do that. Or, no, you can't quite fit there or something. Like, I, I, I definitely don't say yes to everything. 
But yeah. yeah, for a lot of times I will I will err on the side of making things cool. I My goal is to make good being a human being a human DM is that you get to make these decisions like Yeah. Like, yeah, sure it's a little loose, but I mean if it's entertaining for all then Otherwise we play, we're playing Gloomhaven, we've got a set of, of rules of here's what the enemy's gonna do. Right, yeah. And here's what, what happens to you when you do the thing. Yeah, that, that is the advantage, of... is you can adjudicate and adjust and make those uh, rulings for sure. And part of that is like, what happens in this situation where there's no hard rule for this, and like you just have to come up with it on the fly, yeah. and, and hopefully it's it's well balanced and... Uh... and there's stuff that, that, like, I I think that you run into, and I think I have too, where it's not written down, but it just feels like it's an omission that it's not written down. Like, why wouldn't a tunnel of wind that's blowing one direction make people move faster a weird case. that direction? Yeah. Like, it just fucking makes sense. It does like, make sense, yeah. it's not written down, It's like a slipstream thing. Like, why wouldn't it yeah. also, like, increase, yeah, do something. Increase your speed the other direction. Yeah. yeah. And part of those is, like, you can only have so many rules for a spell, so as a DM, you have to make those uh, rulings and Partly what you don't want to do is make a spell overpowered. And a, a big way I ran into this very early on in my DMing career with like those little, uh, like minor illusion, like players get away. It's a cantrip. Oh, yeah. And it's like, there are higher level illusion spells that let you do like those other things. So those are the things where you have to watch it because you don't want to upset the balance too much if there's literally other things they can do. But Illusions are tricky. Illusions, illusions are very, very tricky. like, you got to really make a decision of like how much... Do I want the player to take control with the illusions yeah. that they're trying to do? Yeah. I will say I'm often much more lenient if a player is expending a resource to do it versus mm. if they're trying to just say they do it or they're just using a skill check to do it. A lot of times if you're casting a spell or using a, a finite tool in your character's box, then I'll, I'll, I'll err more on the side of letting it happen versus like, well, I just want to do this, then that's going to cost you something else. Yeah. Thing. Although we do have that cinematic advantage rule that uh, never gets used, that is kind of what ends up coming up. I, yeah, which is you're I, supposed I, to I, use I, a skill check. It almost adds too much rule to it. But I'm gonna say I feel like what, what we discover with that rule is that it's it's you trying to codify something that you just do as part of your DMing. Yeah, you just you just let things happen when you decide they're cool. Yeah. And codifying it into this, like, system of, like, okay, well, if it's cool enough, you get... That just didn't work because you're already doing that as, yeah. as a subconscious thing as you DM. Yep. And also, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that even though you allow some things to happen, sometimes there's a dice roll involved. And yeah, exactly. That's that's the best thing that I that I often fall back on. That's a good point. Um, whereas if I am not sure about something... Uh, and I say, well, fuck it. It's something that could possibly happen, or could possibly not happen. Then it's gonna. Then we can rely on a die roll for it. And it could be you have to make a check to do this, or the other thing makes a save, or an attack roll gets used, or yeah. something. But that that's often something that I can fall back on. And that's like when the Remoraz like ducked under the water and tried to shake you guys off, or, or you know, just to move you guys in a mouthing position. I was like, all right, let's come up with a deck save. Then so you guys can try to hang on. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm DMing, those are the kind of moments I live for are the, yeah. the moments where it's like, all right, this is not in any of the rules. What, what's <laughs> happening right now is not written down anywhere on yeah. any character sheet or any DM guide. <laughs> it is just, we're we're freewheeling now, folks. Yeah. What I do in this situation, 
Mm-hmm. Yep, just gotta make a call. Just gotta come up with a number and come up with a with a damage number and just roll with it. Nice starting T two annihilation on Ooh. Sunday, Jason. Using your cinematic advantage, which we just mentioned that we don't really use. Although I, I use as kind of a DM, I guess, where yeah. that's that's the it's a soft it's be, I thought it was gonna be a hard rule for the players, but it kind of became a soft rule for the DM, which is almost the rule of cool, where basically if, if you want to do something that's outside the bounds then I'm probably going to let it happen. If you describe but but it a lot of times I'll, I'll rely on a, on, a, on a dice roll to allow yeah, it to happen. Yeah. But as I mentioned, if it's if you're expending a spell or expending a whatever class resource to do the thing, then sometimes that might be all that's necessary. Or if anything, then I'll then I'll allow it to happen versus I might be yeah. a little less forgiving on it. You know what we all need to do? This is a total aside. Because I, I everybody enjoyed it, and I need I, I want to go through and do do that do it to my whole spell book. Is the the reflavoring of of all your abilities and things to whatever you want them to be? Because mm-hmm. I realized at some point, like oh, this is something I was going to do way early on. That but that literally just, causes us all to laugh out loud when you cast uh, yeah, convenient like, right, brain this, aneurysm. Because <laughs> yeah. that was always my intention was that all his spells are just things that he's writing in his book of like th- a thing that happens. There's a fun rule and... somewhere in like Xanathar's or something where they're like, or maybe it's Tasha's, where like, hey, you can, uh, yeah. as long as you cast the spell, you can reflavor it however the fuck you want. If you want to have magic missile be you like throwing mystical ferrets out at people, yes, then you can yes. do that as long as it's still functionally magic missile. Like it doesn't fucking yeah. matter how you flavor it. And that got me really thinking, I was like, God, yeah, you could really change spells however you wanted to customize them. It's like playing that old Freedom Force game where you can customize all yes. your your abilities and make them look with different special effects and everything. Yeah, like, and it's it's kind of interesting to think about how far you could take that. Yeah. As, long, as long as mechanically it's the same, right? You could just really reflavor just it. It's like flavor. okay, this is yeah. Which I which honestly, Edmund Albert, uh, Raymond already does a, a he does pretty yeah, goddamn good job by doing that. Yeah, the only further thing you did is just type the literal spell or something, but he does it like. Uh, narratively which you do too on when you describe your spells and abilities which i love but yeah i think i got just a, a, a fun little thing that, that I, I guess it's specifically spellcasters but you know technically you know celeste does that with her radiant bolts too yeah. or we, we, we the way we were describing them early on you know so you know everybody can do it with their own abilities you got a crippled leg last time you were injured, but I think, was it Celeste that, like, instantly healed you the next, like, session like or something? the next session. Okay. Yep. Yep. I haven't had a whole lot of lingering injuries uh, that have really, like, lasted a while that I can recall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you got like, a net 20 on the thing, right? You had, like, a minor scar from it. Yeah. You know, I, I think I got it twice. I think I have two scars, maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was our first no. uh, downed PC since the uh, Frost Giant battle with the Mammoth. Or the Mammoth downed both uh, you two. But was that... Well, I guess, I guess it's, it's all the same session, but... was it, Were there any fights between the Frost Giant and this, and this session? Um, The Idescendant fight. The the big ship defense... Oh, the ship fight! Right, yeah, of course. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So nobody... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laser eyes yeah. and... That thing, but yeah. you're right. We haven't had a whole lot of combat. It was that. That it, was a big. Interesting. I, I think you said like we went through three sessions, two. 
With no uh, combat? Because we, we had that one, and then the next session was all uh, the first Goliath clan, and the second session was all the next Goliath clan. So we had, I think, two oh, so sessions two. Okay. with literally no combat, although last session ended technically with a surprise round that right, ended up being right. this session. So it's kind of a little okay. gray area there. But yeah, we almost had two completely back-to-back sessions with no uh, combat whatsoever. So it's it's been a little bit low, which is why everybody was kind of yeah. like, okay, what do I, what can I do again? Yeah. Which it, uh, the, the tricky Nick, thing is, or, it, it's oh, sorry. Um, it there aren't a lot of big dungeon crawls in this section of the campaign. The biggest one being Sunblight. So you end up with, and because I'm upscaling it, <laughs> you end up with fewer, and I'm having to make them very challenging battles. Uh. Yeah, right, yes. So that's what literally happened here, is you only had two, it was an adventuring day with two, not, I guess technically encounters aren't combat, so you could also have the, the Maddening Winds was an encounter, I guess, cause yeah. that, so maybe three encounters, which is still pretty low for an adventuring day. But that's kind of, and the situation with It Ascendant too, you guys actually long rested right after that one fight, so basically had one fight for that one, so it's been weird the last couple of sessions have been uh, very few, and it's kind of lent itself to how this campaign works, which I'm discovering is, is tricky with the players getting higher level and having not these long dungeon crawls. Yeah. Is the adventuring day is relatively short, which means I got to ratchet up the difficulty of each individual uh, encounter. Yep. All right, go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that, I, I've noticed that too. That's, it is very interesting. I was just going to address the next question. Um, mm. Where are your favorite most from tonight's session? Mm. Uh, there were a bunch of really cool ones that I liked. I, I really liked the flying tiger. That was really cool. It was cool. Uh, <laughs> um. It. Yeah, I, I also liked Edmund turning into mist in the creature's mouth. That, that was, was cool. also really cool. Yeah, Edmund it's funny how much it, his MVP. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it's funny how that ended up like masking him in a lot of ways because the the gas doesn't make you invisible or anything, right? And yet, a lot of times I'm attacking you guys with non very intelligent creatures, so they literally might not be able to realize. And especially in this one situation, there's literally steam everywhere. So as yeah. far as I'm concerned, you're basically blending in <laughs> yep i was like thank goodness i had this escape plan right for, yeah for sure um you know the one that i thought was the most funny was uh thimbleweed um after he'd already missed one shot with the shard and arrow and suffered short-term madness <laughs> says there's no way this is going to happen again loads a shard and arrow and then immediately rolls a one and is funny. afflicted by the short-term <laughs> madness again He's just back there doing all kinds of DPS with just his one attack and then just gets debilitated yep. for a whole nother run. So two, bless his heart, two rounds in this very extended combat. He did nothing because he was literally shut down. Yes. Because yeah. of his, because of the, the penalty on the arrows that he's using. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I uh, thought it was pretty funny that there were three of us on the head of that snake creature at one point. <laughs> That was that was really epic to to visualize that. Yeah, was, so that was probably one of my favorite moments is Celeste in the mouth and you choosing to teleport on top to save her and then Frey hilariously rushing after because she's never going to be not on not top on of a creature. creature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was enjoyable. Even though the creature literally has a heated body and constantly deals damage every time you touch it. Well, my logic at that moment was that Celeste just took half her life in one hit. Yeah. Everybody oh. else is not terribly damaged, but I had no damage yet. So I was like, oh, yeah. all right, I can take some hits. I'll, I'll be fine. But no, I could not take one bite from that creature. <laughs> so 
Yeah, what you guys didn't realize is if you are currently bitten, I don't know how much I want to get into the metagaming of this creature in case we throw another one at you, Bion, but... Oh. Um, it, it, well, a lot of large creatures in D&D can do this. It can swallow you. It yeah. takes a full action for it to do that, so you have to be in its mouth on its next turn, but essentially it does its bite attack again with advantage because you're restrained, and if it hits, you are swallowed, and it's all kinds of bad shit that happens to you at that point, and then it's really you have to kill the creature... Um, and cut it open and pull yeah, the Yeah, I, I think you do a bunch of damage to it at once and then it has to make like a con save to be able to regurgitate you, but you're like taking acid damage while you're in its stomach contents. Like it's real fucking bad. Yeah. So yeah, I agree that you guys had a good shot of like trying to get this, you know, getting people out of there. Yeah. Because it's, you do not want to be in its mouth by the time its turn rolls around again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you ever want to be in any creature's mouth. That's exactly. probably it's a never, good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like the ice toads, I think. Was that also ones that, that ate and swallowed? Yeah, they did. There's a couple fun uh, creatures that do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this session had a lot of fun. Uh, for a, for a comp, I mean, it was an extra long session, too. So, with yeah, which we did, you know, thank you to everyone for starting uh, on time, but or at least very close to it. And it still took us like a full three hours, I think, if not longer. It did, yeah. To get it done, which. Uh, it was tough. Like I, I knew a fight like this takes a full session. Just about, we had, we were starting it at eleven my time when I was like, oh, I, I can still pull the trigger on this. And then I knew in the back of my head is like, I, we're gonna be off next week. It'd be really fun to not have to continue this energy of like walking into the boss layer for two full weeks, and yeah. instead do it here. So I'm, I'm really glad we got to get through all that and basically get through this entire uh, quest chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we we only really went like a, a 30, 35 minutes over our normal stop time. So it was like, it would have been awkward to like start that next session. And yeah. be, now you're like 30 minutes behind. Right. Yeah. But I think we ended up going for, well, we started at, at least my time. We started a little after 930, maybe like 940. And then we ended, I think at 1240 or something. Like, I think it was a straight up full three hours. Yeah. Which is definitely long. And we've done a couple of those and it's usually because I'm trying to squeeze it in. Mm-hmm. In that case. Uh, so yeah, anything else about battling a... This is a, a fun monster and a fun layer to run it with. Um, I suspect I'm curious... I suspect next session's gonna be a lot of uh, logistic... It's gonna be one of those logistical episodes. Um, yeah. Um, you haven't told us yet, but uh, it feels like a level up yeah. session. Is that happening? Or I, I think there's a yet? 90% chance of that happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's weird because, and I kind of warned you guys, you might actually be leveling up faster in the in this uh, back half Later versus, the, versus yeah. the tier one because there was so much content for tier one. Um, but weirdly, because the way I've paced it out is like, man, you're just churling through all these, you know, each one of these, you know, the Innocent was one area, the, the Yarmut was an area, Dark Duchess was an area, the Goliath kind of is all one area. Um and the way I'm kind of mathing it out is like pretty much a level up after every two areas. Yeah. And I mean, it ascended only took you, I think, one session and then maybe two, I guess, because I guess you had a fight on the. That's right. You had a fight on the way to it ascended too, was the Boulets. That's true. Yeah. So technically, those two fights. Um, and then this one took you, I think, three sessions because we did the, the one, the two back to back, didn't have combat, and then this one. Yeah. So you're going pretty fast, but uh, it's still how I want to pace it. But yeah, I think we'll be looking yeah. at a level up. Uh, next time which is another reason why i wanted to have it like all right now you've got all this time to do that yep and yeah it'll probably be a little bit of an epilogue of events that happen level up will happen and then we can go 
uh, to which I guess I should have asked you guys. Obviously, it was going late, oh, yeah, so I didn't, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what our options are. At this point, I think you've only got two areas left. Take you to the map real quick. Um, which is the Lost Spire, and then uh, Rebels End is the uh, prison. Where the hell is Rebel's End? I see Lost Spire. Oh, it's way the hell up there. Yeah. Probably Lost Spire is because it's closer. Yeah. It's on the way to Rebel's End, so I, I guess it would make sense. Well, what were we doing at Lost Spire? I don't even remember what that was. Yeah. Lost Spire was the uh, design journal that you decoded uh, way uh, back when, which had a whole weird, like, you know, what was the circumstances surrounding his death and and character and everything. Yeah, uh, and then you had decoded it quite a while ago, but it's just been on the yeah, it's been on the quest log for a while. Yeah, just the the nature of the open world uh, is unfortunately biting us in the ass. With uh, some of these quests have been hanging around for quite Sitting a bit. There. Yeah, <laughs> gotta 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 have some flashbacks of, of why we're doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, I think we're wrapping up the uh, the side content portion of the campaign. Um, we're running out of side quests, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll Rebel, Rebel's now, End is, yeah. is technically main quest because that one you literally... Yeah, that one I remember because yeah. that one was the, like, uh, the boyfriend, I got a boyfriend, master or whatever, of the lady who exploded Thimbleweed. Yep. That's where he's at, yeah. we think. Yeah, that's as far as you know, yep. Yeah, so we'll probably be looking... I mean, I'll, I'll plan on Lost Spire next, um, but yeah, it'll be a level up session next time and some epilogue stuff and then... Probably just doing a the initial portion of Lost Spire, and thankfully I don't have to worry about any fucking random encounter bullshit because guys have a airship, yeah, and guys are level ten anyway. I don't need random encounters. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right, I think, was, I, think was, I think it was a very cool boss fight. It was, yeah, it was a neat way to end this. Yeah. That, that was a unique situation for me where I had to uh, uh, balance level nine and not be at like the end game thing, but just a kind yeah. of. A, a, a monster hunter type right uh, quest yes. encounter where you guys didn't have the information that you needed. And in fact, it was that was the that was the fun part for me is the twist about oh the dragon's actually just a, a skeleton now, and it turns out something else fucking killed the dragon and it's about to come out and, yeah and eat you. We, we, Which, we didn't do it, but if I suppose we I mean we could have been like drinking cold resistance potions going to this cave. Yeah. And, well, my tease was, which uh, Celeste found the medicine check, was that the burned, you know? And, oh, and, yes, we and did even, talk about that. Yeah, that yeah. was the idea, was it because it, it does all that fire damage, and that was supposed to really yeah. throw you guys off. It's like, well, wait a minute, why? I thought we were fighting a white dragon. Like, why are, they, why are there burn marks? And that was part of the mystery yeah. of of what's going on here. Yep. Yeah, Jason, we're still probably at least six months away. I mean, I, I can't spoil <laughs> it too much because I've got players here, but I've talked about it on crafting before. Um. I yeah we're definitely gonna go into next year with there's still there's still I, I I say we're wrapping up our our side quest content but we still have a good chunk of main quest stuff to get through and I right. think there was a, a few crafting sessions ago where I kind of laid out how much longer I think it's gonna take uh, which you know I, funny is when this campaign started I, I thought well it's probably gonna take as long as Tomb which Tomb yeah. was uh, a little less than two years and eighty some sessions. Uh, we are currently in session 55, and I could definitely see this one lasting uh, another 30 sessions, maybe. I, although you guys yeah. have been churning through this stuff at a pretty good pace, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I think at this point, we're six months is is probably a good 
yes, that take us to February. And keep in mind, you know, obviously, like we have, you know, we're not doing next week. So anytime we have a break, that obviously extends that yeah. time. So yeah, uh, no, I have not thought about the next uh, campaign at all. <laughs> when we get to certain, when we get to a certain main quest chunk, um, then I know we'll be at the end game and uh, we can start talking about what's coming next. I did not expect the level range TOA at all. No, that part of the reason why I made this change is because uh, that was a, a thing that I had a problem with in TOA, and I think my players did as well, as they were low level for so long, like oh, literally right. level 5 for like 12 sessions or something ridiculous, because it was also balanced for tier 1, the jungle crawling part of it. And then the whole thing ends at like, I think I leveled you guys up for the boss fight at you were, it was 11. Yeah. like the final and that was an 87 session like campaign so the pacing was ridiculous yeah. and that is something i i knew and realized and i wanted to specifically fix in this one which is why in order to fix it i just increased the entire end game level of this campaign and therefore it allows you guys to level up at a much uh, more appropriate pace i feel like so instead you'll be hitting level 10 and you're technically still churning through like maybe the last little bit of side quest content and then going on uh the rest of the main quest right and my plan is to get you guys to, uh, I don't know what exactly level we'll end up at, but hopefully well into tier three. I mean, level 10 is pretty much there, so. Yeah. So yeah. no, I did not extend the level range of TOA, and that's uh, what I am doing here because of that reason. Because Wizards just doesn't want to create uh, content that's that high, apparently. And no. yet still have, I've bitched about this before, still have like endgame boss fights that are like, oh, we'll give the players like, trickster gods or storm giant potions yeah. or something so they can still fight these like end game threats that they haven't earned the right to fight <laughs> is so weird either why not just make boss monsters that are their lower cr so that your players can fight a boss because they want to have their cake and eat it too they're like we don't have the content yeah. for this to get them there but we still want to be able to have you fight like fucking a serac or a ancient dragon or, or something. Uh, yeah. dragon yeah exactly yeah what, what is it? A lich? An ancient dragon? Uh, an elder elemental thing? An elder, elder elemental, yeah. yeah. What was the... I guess that's it. I, I think that's... Pretty, I'm, I'm trying to think for, of the, of the main ones we, that yeah, we played. Because Fandel yeah, were ended, ended at 5, so... Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, Princes, Storm Kings, Tomb, and now this one. It's really been so... I mean, we did Europe, but yours was all custom. Yeah, it was. Like, have we not played that many campaigns? Because it takes us right. like fucking 18 months or two years to play a campaign. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're in exactly. it for the long haul with us. That's what you're getting. Which is yeah, why it's such exactly. a big deal to choose a fucking campaign. Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed this one so far. Um, yeah. I will say that it has taken me a lot of work to fix the main quest to make it more compelling. Although, now that I think about it, we've been doing side quest stuff for so long that I'd have to do a huge previously on to remind everybody about what's going on. Uh, <laughs> what's happening but um yeah I, i'm still pretty satisfied with it and we have some really great content left i'm looking forward to that and uh at, at least one well obviously part of it is me scaling up because you guys are going to be higher level but at least one area that i'll be changing around massively um on what the inside is nice all right i think that will do it it is so fucking late here but uh that's what you get <laughs> <laughs> when we do a three-hour session, that's what you fucking get. That's what you get, suckers. God, you know, uh, my oldest has signed up for softball, and fucking one of their weekly practices is Saturday at 8 a.m. Why? Like, you got to be fucking killing me with it. Why punish people? Like, what? <laughs> what is the you end? Know what? You know what, Chris? Uh... Some people like sports, 
and they like getting up or i know it's crazy so some people like sports and some people like mornings so. some people like sports and some people like mornings and they like to get up and do sports and <laughs> <laughs> i know it's, it seems it's, crazy to me it seems crazy it's Greek to me but thankfully my wife is gonna be a champ and take care of that because god knows i will not be able to even though she's <laughs> staying up playing D as well but right yeah so pray for me because that's gonna last us she's like <laughs> she's practiced like three times a week oh my god yikes hope she likes it all right i think yeah. that will do it for that last till november by the way jeez uh that will do it for uh this week's episode of Frostside chat thank you to chris and raymond thank you to all the wonderful fans for watching we will not see you next week because i am out on vacation we're gonna have a weekend off and then i will return next week uh sorry <laughs> i'll return in two weeks on the 19th but you will get the patreon D game coming out uh, next week. Be sure to check out my review of Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel, which uh, released today. I'll be doing my ranking video next week, and uh, check out the giveaway for the adventure that this one was based on called Worm Doom Hunt at the Discord channel. Alright, that's it. Nice. <laughs> Later! <laughs>